behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix It Radio. All right, good morning, everybody. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Dennis Brewster, as we are every week. Also have Steve Horvath from Geno's with us, who will be with us for Drive Radio as well. And... One of our great sponsors, Bill Anderson from Arc Electric with us as well. Charlie Grimes, your engineer, and Larry Unger answering phones. Don't forget, you can always call us, 303-477-5600. You can also text us a question, and we'll answer it that way, 307-200-8222. And don't forget, you can go right to the website, send us an email, and we can do it that way as well at fixitradio.com. So good morning, guys. How are we all doing? Good. Good. Good morning. Good morning. Well, well, well we're all... Bright eye, bushy tailed, ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> clear as a bell. Yeah. <laughs> clear as mud. Yeah. <laughs> all right, good. All right, well, we got a lot in store for you today, and uh, don't forget all of our great sponsors. You can find them at FixItRadio.com. By the way, Jay and Bonnie Berger, of course, are real estate agents, and uh, right now, lots going on in the real estate world. So uh, we'll talk some about that today as well. But if you need anything when it comes to the buying and selling of homes. Uh, we've got the place to go to. That's Burger Real Estate. Again, just go to fixitradio.com and uh, go from there. That's all you need to do. It's a piece of cake. Just click on it. It takes you to all the sponsors and off you go. So, all right. So let's talk. Should we talk some electricity? Yeah. Electrifying conversation? Yes. Yeah. Well, we were going to talk about it last week, but we, we, just, we don't have the technology, the, the brain power to pull okay. it all up. So, so I've got the question of the day that sort of fits into what I want to get into with Bill. So yeah. question of the day, which will kind of move into drive radio with this, but question of the day is things you stock or prepare in your house for emergency use. So we're getting into where winter's coming just around the corner. We've seen fires now all over the place. There, There's four or five burning in Colorado, the biggest fire in state history. You know, it's Cameron uh, right up there in the Fort Collins Loveland area. Uh, you can actually see that thing burning at night. It's a big, big fire. So, you know, there's all sorts of things that we need to make sure that we're prepared for. No matter where you live, whether you're up in the hills, whether you're down here, we've got everything from floods, tornadoes. We can have snow. We can have the fires like we're talking about now. So there's all sorts of things that happen. And so the question I'm throwing out there is what are the things that you keep in your house for emergency use? Which leads me to the next question, which I personally have some interest in because I think this is a direction I'm going to head at least for my business, and that is generators. Right. You see all these people when, you know, a tornado, well, not tornado, but when there's a hurricane predicted, for example, or even a big snowstorm, they'll all run down to Home Depot and buy all the generators known to mankind, haul them home, and, yeah, I guess, you, plug every appliance known to mankind into them. I don't know. I always wonder about that, because don't they already have a generator? Because every time a hurricane's coming that way, everybody goes and buys I, a generator. I don't know. How many times do you have to buy a generator? Well, and here's the thing. Here, so they here's get blown away, maybe? They float away in the water or something? We have Bill from Arc Electric with us. It's stolen. Yeah. And by <laughs> the way, and I should have said this earlier. It's A-R-K, Arc Electric, and that's like Noah's Ark. Just think of it that way, Arc Electric with the K. So, Bill, you know, when it comes to that, and you see people go out and buy all different sizes and shapes of generators, and there's times where I wonder, do they even realize what they're no, buying what their and getting is. into or what their need is even, or do they just buy whatever they can afford and haul it home and hope it works? Yeah, that's the biggest problem we have is a lot of people don't understand what it, it, what it entails for a generator because the generator can only handle so much. And so you want to look at one thing, you want to look at the wattage, 
and wattage is, is simply volts times amps. Okay. That's what wattage is. And then also, is it a 120 or a 220? Gotcha. So people will also say, hey, I want a generator. And then we walk through their house and they're like, I want to I want to load all my, my entire house. I want to be able to run my own. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So that's the first consideration. So you have to determine what's called critical loads. Okay. Critical loads would be like your furnace. If you're on a well, it would be your well pump. Right. Um, maybe some type of lighting so you can get through your house. Um, possibly some type of cooking. Uh, if you've got an electric stove, you know, it's not going to... It's not going to run that. I mean, most of your electric ovens are 50 amps. Yeah, it's a and, lot. Yeah, even that's your, a lot. So you're 7,775. Yeah, that's basically like running a welder constant. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's constant heat. So heat and motors are your worst enemies to electricity because they, they zap it. Okay. Um, so, you know, you want to get all, maybe like a hot plate or something to cook like that. Microwaves aren't that good either. They, they zap that load as well. And so you want to come with, with what you call your critical loads. Okay. Maybe your refrigerator, your freezers, your furnace. Um, your well, if you're on the, the well things water. that keep you survived, keep, yeah, you know, keep you alive, you I should say. Right. Necessities. Yeah, the necessities. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, plugging in your TV to watch the news, maybe not a necessity, you know, so. Right. <laughs> That's where you should have an AM, FM, battery-operated radio. Right. <laughs> the little crank right. one. Let's see what Joe has to say. Joe in Castle Rock, what's going on, sir? Guys, I've had a uh, whole house automatic generator and a manual uh, down at my barn for 20 years now, just a few things. Um if you're going to have a, like a remote place up in the mountains, um, you, you definitely want a generator that has an automatic transfer switch. And what that does is it monitors for the presence of utility power. And if that utility power disappears for some period of time, say 60 seconds, it will start. It will make sure it's synced up. It will disconnect you from the grid because you don't want to be back feeding power to the rest of the neighborhood and maybe killing a lineman working on the line and it will uh, then prov begin providing power to your home. Right. And while it's doing that, it's going to continue to monitor for the presence of utility grid power. And if it senses that that power has returned and stays on you know, for a while, it's going to say, okay, um, it's, it's safe to go back to the grid, and it's going to reverse the process. Um, I live on a, uh, a ranch. I've got uh, a, a, a deep well pump. I've got eight tons worth of AC. Uh, and 25,000 uh, watts has been, or just 25 kilowatts, has been more than adequate for handling my, my huge home. And we're probably looking in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 grand to put that system in today. Gotcha. I would also recommend natural gas. One of the issues with when you, op now my constant running load, even though I've got a 25 kW generator, most of the time after it kicks on, I'm down around 10,000. Okay. Diesel engines do not like to run lightly loaded. You get what's called wet stacking. You get unburned fuel. So if you have a choice, I would absolutely go natural gas or propane as opposed to diesel because if you have to oversize your yeah, generator because of a what in my case, it's a high inrush, but after that well pump kicks on and fills the tanks and shuts off, my load falls way, way back, and my generator is there loafing. And that's not something you want to do for hours on end with a diesel. So um, my suggestion is if you can, you know, go propane or natural gas and stay away from a diesel genset. Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, about that that folks forget, this goes into the drive radio, you know, the automotive side, is the, the fuel uh, itself and what you have to do to treat it and keep it fresh and all of that. On the, on the diesel side, that's a much more, you know, large pain in the neck yeah. to have to keep that up and keep that fuel fresh and so on, where the other Joe is just there. Always, it's always there. Yeah. Right, and even if you didn't have natural gas, I would even say, well, first of all, if you have natural gas, by all means, use a natural gas yep, engine. For sure. You know. 
It's typically it, always going to be there. Rarely do you not have gas. Right. So yeah, use gas. Stay away from diesel gensets for the fuel issues, for I the weight stacking issues. Now, for a portable genset down at my barn, I didn't have my barn connected to my house. Um, there is a um, one of the key things is, as I mentioned, you never ever ever uh, want to accidentally be back feeding power back into the grid. So you know, one of the the great things they have, they have a big disconnect switch that has a flag on the handle that it turns ninety degrees. In my case, I've got a female outlet right above my breaker box. Um, and normally when I'm connected to the grid, the flag on the handle covers that outlet. So I cannot plug into that female outlet um, while I'm connected to the grid. The only way I can expose that female outlet is to raise the disconnect handle, gotcha. which disconnects me from the grid right. and then exposes that female plug to which I can plug in my portable. Yeah, it just keeps any, any, anybody from, you know, even if you, as in your case, sell the home to somebody else, keeps somebody else from doing something they wouldn't do otherwise. Right, doing something stupid. I mean, yeah. I know enough, even if I didn't have the flag, yeah, I know enough. Yeah, you would be a problem, but it's the next guy you have to worry about. Right, so <laughs> if you want to do it, my suggestion is to get one of these disconnect switches that has a flag and make sure the flag, the, the, on the, when I say flag, it's like a big uh, medallion, if you will, that covers the, the female uh, mm -hmm plug that you're going to plug into. And obviously, you'll, you never want to run your generator inside. A, a portable generator always has to be outside. Yes. So in my case, my breaker box is outside. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, if you're, and if you have to get a 20-foot, uh, you know, 20-foot heavy-duty male-to-male extension plug, you know, by all means, do that. Uh, but just make sure you're not running the generator in an enclosed space, even your garage, because that'll seep in. Yes, that. it will. Sure will. Yeah, no, good advice. Good stuff. Joe, thanks, as always. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. Good stuff, as always. So, yeah, and by the way, everything we just mentioned there that Joe said, those are things right up your alley, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you've seen some of that. <laughs> yeah, and you definitely, I totally agree with him because a lot of people think, well, I'm going to get gas, but then you got to treat the gas. No, gotta, no, no. You know, those things are pain in the rear. And then if you're, you know, if you're in a big blizzard, you guys remember the blizzard in the 80s where, yep. you know, you didn't move for like two weeks. Yeah, now what do you do? Your tank of gas is gone. Now, right. you're, now you're in trouble. Yeah, and, so. and, and again, keeping that, for everybody listening, keeping that fuel fresh and stored and so on, it, there is a plus to the diesel side. It will keep a little longer than the gas will, but in, in either case, and to, to Joe's point, the, the other fuels we have, propane, natural gas, would be the way to go. Yeah, they also have now, they're making these generators that are, that are non-motors. They're just battery banks. That's true. And that, that's true. I've seen those. Yeah, they're huge inverters. So, I mean, even for, on a small scale. You could do that. You could do that and at least keep your refrigerator plugged in or something how like that. How long were those typically? I mean, I know it depends on load and everything else as to how long they last. And, yeah. and just there's no real standard answer. But Right. It all depends on the usage. It's right. just like your, your gas in your car. You know, how long does it last? Well, how much do you drive? Yeah. So no, I'm driving yeah. an electric car. I know, how, I know about that. <laughs> it depends on how. depends on the load. depends on the wind. depends on... You know, how cold it is outside because that affects the battery life as well and the longevity of it. And, you know, uh, uh, on top of that, you know, to your point, what's, how is it loaded? In my case, am I using air conditioning? Because if you're mm -hmm. using air conditioning, that's more of a load on, on it. It reduces your, your range. And there's a, there's, I'm learning all sorts of things along those lines on that, which apply to what you just talked about with the home inverter. Well, yeah, and, and also, too, with your electric car, if it's like my electric car, you know, in the summertime... We get a better charge yes, yes. than you do in the winter. Yeah, because the batteries work better in the summer. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. warmer the battery, the better they work. Yeah. I, I, I. It was funny. I noticed even 
this week, Bill, it was funny. Just these last couple of days, where it's gotten a little bit cooler. I mean, I lost 20 miles in range just these last couple of days with the drop in temperatures, and it's really not that cold out. Wait till it gets super cold. Right. I'll lose another probably 15, 20 miles when yep. it's really cold, as you know. For sure. Yeah, because yep. I think you have a bolt. I do. I have yeah, a bolt. I have a yeah. bolt, too. So. And, and you know what's funny about generators? People think, well, I don't need to do that at my house. I live in town. You'd be surprised. You, you know what? You Your food could go surprised. bad in town. You could lose That's electricity right. in town for, what, five, six days. Well, and, and it really depends on, and this is something to think about, it depends on, you know, where you are in town, and yeah. Bill knows this better than I, but it depends on where you are in town. Are all the lines underground, above ground? You know, uh, how many trees do you have in that particular area? Is it an right. old area where you've got a lot of above ground lines where the trees are going right. to knock those lines down potentially? On and on we go, right? Right, exactly. The newer yeah. areas where the lines are buried, frankly, that you, you've got less chance of probably being down on power there than you would in an old neighborhood. It depends because if there's a lot of construction going out around That's there. That's true, too. Yeah, we just lost that. This last week we, we lost our whole internet because someone was digging and they... Line. They cut the line. Yeah, yeah. well said. Yeah. All right, John and Cheyenne, hang tight. He's got a comment for us. Got another question coming in as well, so hang tight, guys. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. This is Fix It Radio right here on KLZ 560. Rates are like a roller coaster lately. Are you concerned about the future and how to protect your home? Do you want to become mortgage safe? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With home values still at their highest level ever and rates at historic lows, now may be the best time to be prepared if the economy changes. Last time, many of our friends lost their home when it was unnecessary. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many of our clients have the ability to tap their equity should the economy change, all without having to borrow the money now. We can show you how to access your equity in these uncertain times to give you peace of mind and allow you to focus on what's important your family. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage at 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. We are locally owned and operated since 2001. Our reputation of putting you first with straight answers and listening are unmatched in Colorado. Let us help you protect your home. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National the No Surprises Insurance Agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Now is the time to zero in on your target audience. So many businesses spread themselves too thin by trying to reach an enormous pool of customers. John Rush can help you define your niche, trimming the fat so you can maximize your profits, not just surviving the shutdowns, but actually beating out your competition with smarter business strategies. You've done a good job staying afloat. Now it's time to hone in on your most profitable customers. Reach John now at RushToReason.com. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Bill from Arc Electric with us today as well. And again, you can find all of our sponsors, Bill included, by just going to fixitradio.com. Steve Horvath from Gino's Auto Service with us as well as Dennis Brewster. 
as well. So let's see, who is next? John and Cheyenne is next. John, welcome. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, first thing, did you get did you get that text I sent you when I got home last night? You were still on the air of the smoke of the fire from my side? I did, yes. Thank you. Is that well, here's even worse. Last night when it got completely dark, now I'm in the middle of nowhere, so there was no artificial light. You could actually see the glow of yep. the smoke before Yeah, the I uh I had to run up to my cabin uh, late, late last night and do some things along those lines. And yep, you could see, you could see the fires. I mean, there's several up there burning, as we all know at this point. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah we, we we need some good uh, good moisture and less wind and some things to let those guys get those under control, John. Yeah, we need a blizzard. I hate to ask for that. Yeah, we really but do. We might get it, but we need a good blizzard. We really do, John. You know. With the electricity, last year I lost power in my house twice, for one time for 36 hours, one time for 24. Okay. After the second time, I, I ran out and got a generator. I got an AKW, which, knowing electricity enough, I did the math and said, what do I need to survive until the power comes back on? Right. And you can pretty much figure that out. An AKW or 8,000 watts will supply my house, give me enough to run the well pump, because that doesn't run all the time, right. and run my pellet stove for heat and a couple of lights. But here's what I did. There's a new device out. Well, it's not new. I don't know if your electrician there has heard of it. It's called a Generlink, G-E-N-E-R-L-I-N-K. You can look it up online. And what it does is it goes between the meter and the meter housing. You, you'll have to call your local utility. I called mine. They came and popped it in, and it comes with a cord that attaches from the bottom of the Generlink the generator so you don't have to put a transfer switch in it's automatically transferred it's ul listed it doesn't backfeed so it does all the safety things that's why the utility likes it and it's hmm. only about 800 bucks hmm. and okay. for people who like me i've in the 16 years i'm out here i i think we've lost power four times for more than 12 hours so yeah, no, I'm looking at their website right now. I've not heard of them before, but I will do some research on right. that. That's that's a good tip. Yeah, so it's let you know. I I know the electrician would like to come out and put an automatic transfer switch in and everything, but for people that are on a budget, this is a good thing. And the company won't sell it to you unless your utility says it's okay to use. So uh. that's the other thing. So I know like. I'm on the REA. I know the utility in Cheyenne and everything allows it. So that's the other thing. Last thing, linemen, and I know a bunch of them from being in the utility industry, love above-ground service during outages because it takes them about a quarter of the time to find an outage. Gotcha. Because if you're looking underground, they're popping holes, popping checkpoints, and having to run tests on the lines where if it's above-ground – even in the dark, they're driving the line with a spotlight on the truck, and they can usually find your outage yep. a lot faster. Yep. Yeah, good point. So, <laughs> so I know the downfalls of above ground are trees <laughs> pulling it down and stuff like that, but to get it back on, it's a lot faster. Yeah, good point. Yep. So you know, and then the other thing, if you know about utilities, and I'm sure the electrician would know this, most towns are in a loop where if a section of town goes out, they can the utility usually within an hour or two can reroute except for the small area where the outage is actually at and get everybody back on, but maybe 200 customers. But if you're like me, if you're out in the country in that single line going you're north, in. west, whatever, yep. you got to wait 
but uh, a couple of years ago we had an outage. And after it, it took them 14 hours to find it because the jumper on a transformer broke free and welded to the top of the transformer. So it was just creating a path to ground, and they couldn't close. They went and put fuse cutouts on it, so if something like that happens again, the fuses will drop, and they'll mm. be able to at least get partial power back on. So okay. just remember when the weather's the worst, that's yes. when the linemen are making their money. Yeah, that's no good point. <laughs> well said. John, and thanks, as always. Thing. Thanks for the pictures as well. John, I appreciate it very much. Jeff in Western Montana, how are you today, sir? Hey, it sounds like we're doing better than you are. It's uh, kind of cool and rainy here. Yeah, our fires are not doing well here, Jeff. We need some of your weather, actually. Yeah. We're all hoping it comes to you. Let's hope so. Yeah. I just kind of want to foot stomp the fuel issue. I found out about this years ago. I have a daughter in Salinville in Ohio, and they had a backup generator, and the storm came through, and they were out of power for several days. And... uh, so they got, dragged the generator out, went to plug the freezers and such, in, and realized they only had like five gallons of gasoline. Yeah. And, uh, okay, no problem. Go down and get it, except the stations can't pump gasoline because they don't right. have electricity either. So You're correct. pretty much you have all that fuel in the ground, but it wasn't of any use to anybody. Yeah. And uh, natural gas, you know, flows. People don't realize that, but even when the power goes out, natural gas flows. That's right. And there's generators too, Jeff. Where if if you're worried about that, and, and or the you know you you don't have that service close, and it'd be too expensive to run gas. I mean, there, there's other alternatives. You can you know there's there's propane tanks that are extremely large and yet still portable that would run a generator for very you know for for many days, probably even a couple of weeks, depending upon the size of propane tank you, you got. In fact, even the little propane tanks. You know, if you had enough of those in stock, you could swap those out and still be okay and at least have fuel that way. And the, the key there is it doesn't go bad. You can keep a propane, a propane tank stored for you know, a couple of years where you can't do that with gas or diesel. Well, that's what a lot of folks don't realize is natural gas and propane have been in the ground for millions of years. Not going anywhere. So so they don't go bad. <laughs> no. I mean, no, good point. Go bad, they go bad in the ground. So yeah, well that said. That was really my exciting point for a... Uh, I did end up with a dual fuel just in case. You know, we gotcha. have a thousand tank propane, a thousand gallon propane tank here. Um, but just in case, we uh, you know, I keep ten gallons of gasoline on sure. them, so I I could run that as well. So and it, and they're not really any more expensive. You just got to flip a switch. And, but I've never put a drop of gas in it so far, and I don't plan on it. There and you go. The final final benefit is to the engine. And you, and you know this, when you're burning propane, it yes. burns so clean. Yes. You're not getting the carbon buildup. Nope. Right. That thing will run forever. Yeah. Literally, yep. with very little maintenance. Yep. So. Well said. Size it correctly, but uh, that, that fuel choice is all important. Well done. Jeff, thank you, as always. I appreciate the phone call very much. So, Bill, when it comes to, as you just said, the sizing, which there's a lot of folks out there listening that probably, you know, maybe can't afford that eight to, in Joe's case, you know, 20 grand you know, depending upon what you need for the house. A lot of folks can't can't afford that, but they do need something to keep some of the essentials going. How would they go through and determine what size of a generator they would even, you know, even if they're just going to run a couple of extension cords and plug a few things in manually where they're not, you know, they're not running into a house, they're not doing a disconnect switch and all that, but they just want to make sure they've got something so they can keep the refrigerator going and, you know, a few little things along those lines, lights, et cetera. How would they determine the size? That's a very challenging question because 
not all refrigerators are equal, exactly you know so i mean if you have a sub-zero refrigerator it's going to take a lot more dual compressor yeah a lot more it's a lot more than your standard refrigerator so um, although the guy with the sub-zero probably isn't worried about writing that check for the generator <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> just saying <Yeah. laughs> i know enough true. about sub-zeros to know that Nancy um, Pelosi and her ice cream. No, did I say that? No, yeah. I didn't say, I didn't you say would that. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it really depends on, you know, what type of, uh, some people have electric heating, which is, is that's true. horrible. You know, electric water heaters, that's that's horrible too. So in in terms of generators, right? I mean, I'm not saying they're horrible. No, no, but, no, um, no. In terms of what you would need to supplement the power right. coming out of the grid, yes, yes. it would be terrible because... Yes. It, it, it like goes back to the, the electric stove or a dryer, for example, mm -hmm. you know, an electric dryer, by the way, it, it, you're just, you're, you're, you're basically, uh, you know, think of running a welder constantly. That's basically what you're doing. You're running a dryer or a welder. I mean, it's just, a, it, it's basically a big heating element is all as it is. I mean, I don't think yeah. folks really may really understand that, but it's just a heating element that you're running, uh, you know, uh, you know, power into. And it's basically a big short, if you would, that heats the element up and there's where the heat comes from. Right. Right. It's called the resistance. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the friction. The friction join, that's there. Join the resistance. Yeah, it's a, it's, and it is. And it's, it's the friction that causes that heat. I, mean, I don't get into all the you know theories and all of that. But, I mean, essentially that's what's happening. Well, the more of that that you've got going on, the more power is needed to make that work. Yeah, and, and here's a good way you can look at it. You can look at your utility bill. And at every utility bill, to give you your average kilowatt usage per month. Now, obviously that's running your entire house. But that will kind of give you somewhat of an idea. Like if you wanted to run your whole house, what you would be looking for. So the typical, we have this little generator we carry on our, on our van that if we're going to heat like a blanket with PVC, we got this heater, it's a blanket, it's a big electric blanket and it softens the PVC so we can bend it. Or when we're doing a service change, um, changing out the panel in somebody's house and, and you know, everybody's have, has to work at home now. So we run a cord in so they can run their computers and stuff like that. And that's a very small, like 3,500 watt generator. Um, and when I plug that little blanket in there, I mean, it dogs it down. So, I mean, these are the things that you just don't understand. It's not, oh, it says that I can, it's got a 15 amp receptacle in here. That means I can take 15 amps. That's the protection side of it. Um, and there's that startup current that the one caller mentioned, that startup current. You know, if you've if you got a parked car, it takes a lot of yes. effort to get it moving. Yes, and then once it it's moving, it takes less effort. And so you got to take that into consideration. But, you know, if you go down, like even Harbor Freight sells that little tailgater, uh, generator for like a hundred bucks, uh, that's not going to run very much. I mean, I might computer charge your maybe. Phone. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, um, charge your phone is right. I'm serious. Yeah. That's about all it's yeah. going to do. It's yeah. not going to do a whole lot. Not yeah. very much. I mean, I was able to put my blanket on it, but um, that's that's very limited in what you can do. So that's very important. You know, you can just look at your utility bill, and it will tell you your average kilowatt per month that you use, and that can, can give you an idea. You have to do some electrical math in there right. um, to figure out what that Unless guys like you to. come into play too, really. Yeah, and, and we come out and we can give you evaluation. We can help you sort through the critical loads um, and, and, and things of that nature. Typically what we do is we put a little sub-panel off to the side, and I know your one caller mentioned that we don't like to put in automatic transfer switches, but here's why we do like to put in automatic transfer switches. Because let's say you're away and your family's at home, right? And that that goes down. Right? Is your family going to have the, the knowledge right. to go in there and know? Okay, I got to turn this breaker on. I got to plug this cord into here. I got to do this. I got to do that. Um, plus, also in an emergency situation, everybody's that's, knowledge goes away. Right. That's not the time no. to to figure things out. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. right. And that's usually when we do have to figure it out because yes. we didn't learn. Right. Yes. Oh, I'll learn that later. I'll yes. learn that later, and then boom, yes. it happens. 
Yes. Now it's a critical yes. situation. Yeah, You're absolutely. Right. And another thing, too, on those generators, uh, you know, you need to go out and start them. Yeah. You need to cycle yeah, them. Even the natural gas yeah. and, and the, you know, the, the LP, you know, the, the propane, right. those need started as well. And a lot of those automatic transfer, like the Generac ones, they'll do that on or their you. own. They're programmed and they'll just... They'll just kick Fire on. Up. Right. Yeah, because we uh, we're doing one here in Franktown um, later on in, in a week or two. I don't remember when it's scheduled, but, you know, he leaves for the winter. And when he leaves, if power goes down. He wants to be up and running. house just freezes. In case. Yeah. You know, we yeah, picked up sense. his yeah. loads. Yeah. It makes sense. See, that's, that's the other good thing that he was mentioning earlier is you got to sit down and, and go, what do I really need? Yeah, what I, don't need I don't need my TV. I don't need my oven. I don't need certain things. You know, and, and, and like the one guy said, pellet stove. I, you know, first thing that comes to mind is I have a wood stove out east. We got the wood stove because we can cook on that. So I wouldn't need anything. You know, I can do a lot of cooking on my stove. But you got to be careful with what you want right. and what you need are two different things. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, because you don't want to, you know, you can, the price that you want to make everything run is going to be a lot higher. And you can be and conservative. And what you actually need to run. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. so we'll take. Yeah. We'll come right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. We got more questions. Let us know. Bill Arc Electric with us again today. Any electrical questions? Please let us know. Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. We'll be right back. Though this is Fix It Radio right here on KLZ five sixty. Get your unique vehicle insured for what you know it's worth. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance gives you the coverage you expect, which means you have the money to replace your vehicle when something goes wrong. Here's a real story from a customer of Paul. A brand new custom vehicle in transport was not strapped on correctly. It fell off the transport vehicle and onto the highway through no fault of the owner. Because he had insured his vehicle with Paul Lewinberger, he filed a claim and replaced the vehicle, no questions asked. In fact, American National Insurance went to bat for him against the transport company to make sure he got the coverage he expected. With any other insurance, that story might have ended very differently. Make sure your unique vehicle is insured correctly so you get the coverage you expect. Call the personal insurance agent of John Rush, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance at 303-662-0789. Have you recently thought, what is my home worth? Should I sell it and move to a new location? Make an upgrade or downgrade? Call Jay and Bonnie Berger at Berger & Company Real Estate. They can help you make an evaluation of your current home and help you find the home of your dreams. Here's just one example of what they can do for you. If you're looking for a thoughtful, detailed broker who will have your best interest every step of the way, I highly recommend Jay and Bonnie Berger. They have gone above and beyond from the first time we met with them through the closing process and actually after the closing as well. We interviewed four realtors, all who were experienced and knowledgeable in the Parker and Greater Denver area. Jay and Bonnie brought a fresh perspective and more detailed approach than any of the other three realtors. Their attention to detail was impeccable, from what they thought we could list our house for, to touching at paint on the walls, to suggestions that help with inspection, to line-by-line -line items on the settlement. Jay's nickname should be Mr. Detail. I'm sure there are other great brokers out there, but I would easily say that Burger & Company Real Estate is one of the best in the greater Denver area. On top of everything, Jay and Bonnie went above and beyond to ensure it was a smooth process as we had a short window of opportunity to sell our home and relocate before three girls started school in Idaho. 
My husband and I were able to focus on getting ready for the move while they focused on the details of the sale of our home and they kept us informed every step of the way. I can't say enough how thankful we are that we chose the burgers to represent us and sell our home. I highly recommend Jay and Bonnie and we would absolutely work with them again in the future. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, call Mr. and Mrs. Detail, Burger and Company Real Estate. Find them at burgerrealestate.net. That's spelled B-U-E-R-G-E-R or find them on fixitradio.com. Take AIM. Affordable Interest Mortgage has been offering the Asset Manager all-in-one loan for over 11 years. We are experienced in helping homeowners pay thousands less in interest on their mortgage, own their home faster, all without spending one dime more. 720-895-0500. Take AIM. Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we have hundreds of clients that have been using this loans to build their equity faster, access emergency funds when necessary, and pay off their home in 8 to 13 years versus 25 to 30. People initially believe this loan is too good to be true, but it is true. Call 720-895-0500 now to see if you qualify. Loans from 100000 to $2.5 million, same rate. Ask our previous clients. They will tell you it works. Call 720-895-0500 and work with the experts. This loan has been around since 1965. Affordable interest mortgage, where it's all about you. 720-895-0500. Regulated by door, NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. All right, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Myself, Steve Horvath from Geno's Auto Service. We've also got Dennis Brewster with us and Bill Anderson from ARC Electric, and it's ARK. Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer, and Larry Unger answering phones. We've got lines open, by the way. Give us a call if you got a question or a comment, 303-477-5600. Okay, we just talked through the break. One thing that we kind of forgot to throw into the loop is depending upon, this is typically not going to be the case at a house. I, I don't know of too many houses that would fit this description, but there are a lot of businesses out there where you're like, hey, I would like to put a generator on my business. Well, if your business, like mine, is a three-phase operation, everything changes, right, Bill? Yeah, I mean, they do make three-phase generators. They're just, you know, you, they're not the same. So if you have a three-phase three phase panel, you would need a generator for that, and then you would need a separate generator for the, for the single-phase panel. So you would, you know... Two generators, basically. Correct. And again, you have to do that, that calculation to see how much of a load that you need. And a three-phase is going to be a lot more expensive. Not necessarily. No? I mean, it's, it, it just depends. It's all based on the, um, the size of it. How big it's gotcha. going to be. So. Okay, so we were talking also, and this you know, a little history lesson for folks, or, or education, I should say. And some folks listening are thinking, wait, wait, oh, wait, three phase? What do you, what do you, so you probably should explain the elementary of, you know, single phase, dual phase, and three phase. So it, it's all depending upon the transfer from the utility as to whether it's, uh, and, and this is going to get really kind of deep with electrical theory, but whether it's a Y connection or a delta connection and how they tap the, how they tap that transformer. So typically, um, three phases is, is more expensive because it's more of an industrial. Right. It does give you a cost saving because it is slightly more efficient. On a large scale, right? On a large scale, right. You've got one or two machines, probably not, but a big on a large scale. Yeah, and, and sometimes those three phase machines, um, they're, they're built a little more heavy. Yeah. It's like a diesel. They you are, compare they're built heavier to diesel yes. versus yes. gas. Yeah, agree. Yes. So you know, you're going to get probably more life. Your longevity is better, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's hitting that effective voltage on a more consistent, um, regular, you know, interval. Yeah, <laughs> interval yeah, yeah, than, than a single phase because you know it's hard to do this without writing it out. Yeah, I understand, it's, and it's all based on the sine wave. And so a lot of people believe that you know 220 is more efficient. Uh, 
than than 120. And that's not true because 220 is basically A phase peaking positively at 120 and B phase peaking negatively at 120, and that's what gives you your difference of potential of 220. And so the amperage is still the same. Uh, you get a 1.73 kind of an effect of, of factor in there with a three phase, and that's really what your efficiency is, is about 1.73. Okay. So the average, I, again, I may, I may be wrong in saying this, but there's probably it'd be a rarity to find a house with three phase. If somebody maybe had a little machine shop or something along those lines years ago where they paid the, the extra service cost to have three phase ran to their barn or their garage or something possibly. But there is, there's, to my knowledge, no three phase in a residential house, is there? No, not, not typically, no, because the cost of bringing that from the utility is, is pretty high. It's expensive, high. isn't it's it? It's pretty high. It outweighs... It's kind of like solar, right? You, right. You pay 50000 for your solar panels, and then by the time you get your return on investment, you the know, panels are worn out. It's, it's way down the road. So. I'm serious. No, I, I've done the yeah. math. I've, no, I have done the math on the solar end of it. And, and for me personally, maybe there's other folks out there listening where it works, but for me personally, by the time you yeah. figure the whether you buy it, lease it, doesn't make any difference when it's all factored in. When you're all said and done, there's not enough of a savings there to to dink with no. it. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, we, we were able to leverage our solar system within our business where it was, you know, with the tax write-offs because they're Correct. tax credits. The government doesn't give you a check. You have to owe that money Correct. and then they erase that money. That's Correct. what a tax credit is. So people don't quite get that. Um, you know, they think, well, there's this huge tax credit. Well, it's like, well, only if you're really self-employed or if you have a business that you're going to see the benefit from that. Now, on the flip side of that, Versus a generator, if you're thinking, okay, there's two ways of thinking here. There's thinking, let's, let's provide power for a short-term emergency, and then there's your doomsday, right? I, I'm thinking doomsday. I'm thinking the world is, is gone, um, you know, and it's not going to be an overnight fix. The power is not going to come back on for who knows when, whatever. Now, you're not going to run that generator either because eventually that natural gas will, right. will go out. The propane tank yeah, will... Yeah, because it's pumped and pressurized correct. and so on, and it can't run forever. And if you're looking at that, what a lot of people are doing now is what's called microgrids. Microgrids is a combination of solar panels and generation and wind turbines. And we just wired a, a complete airport out in Deer Trail. It's a small airport. There was five little outbuildings with it, 100% completely on solar. Okay. And, you know, you charge the batteries, and he's got his generator there in case there's no sun. He uses the, the generator to, to you know, top off his batteries. Gotcha. And then he's able to run his well pump. He's able to run heaters. He's able to run his, his uh, control tower. So, and I'm guessing, just as a, as a side note, he's doing all of that just to be ready for that example, not because he feels like he's saving a lot of money by doing what he just did. Because it was too expensive for IRA to bring the electricity gotcha. to his property. Gotcha. Okay. So he actually is saving money. But now he's got really... Perpetual energy. Yeah, he's got. He's got a. Good, yeah, no, he's got a really good yeah. gig going. Now the bad thing about solar too and batteries. Um, the bad thing is, is you know you you store up that battery. Now you got this potential power that really is not being used. Right. And so that's where a lot of places are kind of like, and you're talking into the more of the microgrid scenarios now where communities are coming together and communities are putting up solar systems and that way everybody's yeah. tapping that battery, and we're we're charging that battery using it back and forth, back and forth, because. Even in if you have a bad storm and we have a blackout for, for three weeks because of the cloud coverage or whatever, you may not charge your batteries. Right. My solar does very, 
bad in the, in the winter right. of our location. It's not right. because of Colorado. Colorado is actually the best location in the world for solar. If you but, get a little bit of shade in the winter, you're you're in trouble. Well, that's well, right? sort of, yeah, because you can set up your solar with micro with micro inverters so that each panel is its own independent panel, gotcha. and it doesn't require. You know, so in the old the old way, it would all go together DC, and then if you have partial shading. You don't that have panel's enough, down. the whole array's down, right? Right. But with the individual microinverters, oh, yeah. if you lose one, you still, uh, everyone else is still plugging away. Because you could get sent on one of those, and maybe not oh, on I the other one. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good Learn to something know. new every day. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's some of the better technology that we've come along with from when things were even 10 years ago, I guess. Oh, yeah, totally. Saying that correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even more than that. It's been, my, my house is microinverters, and I, we've probably had ours for... I don't know, five or six years. I don't know. Okay. But. Okay, perfect. All right. Let's do this. we got a call coming in. Again, we're talking to Bill Arc Electric, one of our great sponsors here. Find all of our sponsors, by the way. Just go to fixitradio.com. That's the best way to find them, and we appreciate that. Chris in Denver, you're up, sir. i got a question, and I don't know if you're, uh, the electrician can answer, answer it, but you know how they're always talking about this Green New Deal? How much solar and wind would we have to power, have to have to power the city of Denver? Power of the city of Denver? Yeah. Wow. You know how they're always talking about. I, I don't, you know, here's the thing. I don't know that question, Chris, but I've done enough research and I've had enough guests on my other show during the week, and Bill can chime in on this. But to my knowledge, I, unless I'm wrong and, my, and the math is completely wrong, there, to run the entire country on wind and solar, we don't have enough correct open land. And I know people are saying, well, there's all kinds of land that doesn't have stuff built on it. Well, and Bill can understand this. It has to be the right land for wind. has to be the right land even for solar. We do not have enough open land in the country to actually power the entire country off of wind and solar alone. Yeah, to use that as our main source of Correct. Use it as the only, it's used as the only source of power. Yeah. We, we don't have enough to make that work in this country. Yeah. And not right we now. Eat, either we want to eat or do we want to live, right? Correct. Now, as far as the city of Denver goes, Bill, maybe you know better than I. I don't know how much we'd need. Well, again, it all goes back to I don't know what the what, know what our load is, what the demand is, but yeah. but I will tell you this: um, you got to you got to read between the lines on a lot of this stuff. And um, you know, when they say there's enough potential there, that's subjective. There's enough potential there if they regulate your usage. Yes, there you go. Okay, well said. So, um, yeah, there's enough potential there. I mean, look at look at the dams. Look at like um, the the dam that True. that dam runs Las Vegas. True. And I we've actually, oh, it was probably how long ago was that, Dennis? Ten years ago when I was working out there. Yeah. And I think so. When we went out there and we were actually putting in. So out there in Las Vegas, it's so yep. dry. The the pump rooms for the dam were actually in what we call swamp cooler rooms, and that's how they cooled them. Right. Was through a, what I call a basic big swamp cooler. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. 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 But that it's dam... Like, it's, a, it's a reverse of radiant heat is what they... I've been there. It's yeah. what they do. Right. And yeah. so if you have if you have a turbine or, or uh, some type of a, a motor with a blade on it, which is what we call a turbine, the same thing as a wind turbine, the uh, same thing as your alternators in your car. Right. If you spin that guy backwards, you will generate electricity. And so they put that over the flow of water, and, and that whole city is ran off of that water. So... Could we run it 100% on solar, wind, and water? Yes, we could do that right now. We can do that even, right now. Even in Colorado, the water? I, since well, I'm talking nationwide. It, you, know, you wouldn't be able to, you'd have to build the right infrastructure to make that happen for sure. Um, and how many billions would that take? 
Don't know. Yeah. I was going to say it'd be more than billions, I think, Chris. Yeah, I, was, I was just being facetious. Because, no, I, you know, no, I, no, I think I, you are, but you're, I think you're very accurate. No, it, it would be trillions, I'm guessing, yes. not billions. Oh, yeah. Just like California, they're always having their uh, brownouts, and you can't run, you know, because they've right. gone to, what, a third of their power? Well, think about that, too. Uh, so they're mandating everybody have electric cars, and now they're not giving you energy to charge your cars. Correct. But now our, even our governor is uh, saying in what year we're going to get rid of 2050 here in Colorado, but that, it's, yeah, that'll change. It's just it's not practical. And I want you to, again, read between the lines. You know, they do this under the banner of environmental protection. Correct. Um, the, the mining of the lithium mm -hmm. is one of the most harmful things to the environment That's you right. could ever do. The rare earth metal yes. mines and are awful. And to get rid of the wind turbines and, to get rid and of all it. this stuff yeah. is, right. you yep. know, is, yeah. Yep. But uh, also with the wind, you can only run that at a certain speed, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah. If it's you know, if it's blowing too hard, they can't run them. If it's not blowing sure. enough, they can't run them. So there's still maintenance on those things. Oh yeah, there is. They still time. have to maintenance. Yes. I saw a thing that they said that the blades only last 25 years. It's about uh, 20, 20, 20 to 25 issues. And, and they have a whole list. Of, they were showing a picture of where yes. they have to bury Wyoming. these things. They're in Wyoming. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, correct. and and also too, you start messing with the the winds, if you will. Right. Yeah. You're going to start messing with the environment. Yeah. Another facetious thing is, does Warren know that they're burying him up there? In, uh, oh, I don't know. Well, I'm sure he's listening. Careful. I'm sure yeah. he's listening, yeah. Chris. We'll right, find out. You. Chris, I appreciate it. Thanks. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back one more segment. Again, questions for Bill. Let us know. Bill, Arc Electric, A-R-K. It's Arc Electric. You can find, it, find him again. Just go to fixitradio.com. We'll be right back. This is KLZ 560. John Rush believes there's no such thing as normal. You always need to stay focused on the future, and this current environment is no different. The only difference now is that you have a rare opportunity to beat your competition as they stay stuck in survival mode. Not one of John's small business clients shut down during the quarantine. And believe it or not, none of them has seen a drop in overall revenue compared to last year. Hire John and stay focused on the future. RushToReason.com. Rates are like a roller coaster lately. Are you concerned about the future and how to protect your home? Do you want to become mortgage safe? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. With home values still at their highest level ever and rates at historic lows, now may be the best time to be prepared if the economy changes. Last time, many of our friends lost their home when it was unnecessary. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Many of our clients have the ability to tap their equity should the economy change. All without having to borrow the money now. We can show you how to access your equity in these uncertain times to give you peace of mind and allow you to focus on what's important, your family. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage at 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. We are locally owned and operated since 2001. Our reputation of putting you first with straight answers and listening are unmatched in Colorado. Let us help you protect your home. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where it's all about you. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. 
You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. All right, our question of the day, by the way, was things that you stock in your house for emergency use. We'll carry that into Drive Radio as well. Myself, Dennis Brewster, Steve Horvath, and Bill Anderson from Arc Electric. The one thing that that changes where you live. Yeah, I think so. Because out east, we have a different list of things we need out there versus someone in town, I think, you know. Because our main thing out there is we lose, you know, we're on, if you're on acreage, you lose your well. And you don't have water. You don't have water. So you You've got to stock water up. I mean, the the first thing I did is I take two five-gallon jugs and fill them full of water. And oh, I think I that's get a good a, idea. Yeah. A big old thing of yeah. uh, water bottles, you know, buy water at Costco. or Right. No, I, I, you know. I, to your point, I think it does matter where you live yeah. and what you're trying to do and what are you trying to make it through and, you know, what, tr- what kind of an event. And, you know, Bill was talking earlier that, you know, if we have that, you know, apocalyptic event, yeah. you know, where, you know, an EMP hits, or of course, if an EMP hits, half these generators we're talking about won't run anyway, so that's a whole other conversation, but yeah. if if there is some sort of a big, you know, outage of some kind, and, you know, and, and just my fear is as we continue to move along, depending upon how the political end of things work, you know, we could end up having mandatory rolling blackouts, because as Bill said a moment ago, it's not a matter of, you know, can we provide all those different alternatives in power of the country? Sure you can if you limit everybody's use to a certain degree, you could. Right. But you can't have everybody doing what they're doing now and continue to do that. So, you know, so what I, what I would say and anticipate happening is, you know, if we get to the point where they're mandating certain power things happen, certain green energy uh, uh, things happen, you could literally end up with rolling, you know, blackouts, brownouts, if you would. And by the way, if you think I'm crazy, just look at places like New York City and California and other places where those have happened on a routine basis. So Even I'm in not Phoenix. Cra- I'm not crazy. Yeah, they Phoenix, happen. Arizona, they do it. They're actually doing it here. They've had, yeah, I was going to say, they've done it here before. Because um, um, there's, there's a company that provides us with our electricity right now that has um, what they call smart switches. On your it's ACs. called Excel Energy. I'll say it. I don't care. <laughs> they provide my power. I'll say it. I don't care. Yeah. They're 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 a publicly traded company. I'm not gonna. I, I there's no secrets there. They're they're a big power supplier in this Colorado region. They don't do everything because we have co-ops and there's some other things around where our excuse me where our power comes from. But for most of you in the Denver area, uh, Tri County does a little bit of stuff. But for the most part, you're you're looking at Excel so, Energy. But yeah. they mostly all those co-ops buy it from Excel. That's exactly right. That's right. Yeah. Excel is the big provider, and they they own the transmission lines. Let's correct. just say that, correct. correct? Yes. And so they'll put in smart switches, and you know you think you're going to get a savings on your thing, but it tells you when you can run your air conditioning and when you can't. Yeah. It, well, so it's, it's already kind of happening. Let me, let's, we probably should explain that better. It's going one step further, and you know this. It's actually shutting it off for you. It's not even saying it's Correct. shut off. It's just shutting it off. No, it's, it, that's right. It, it mounts right. to your disconnect, and it shuts it off. Yeah, it's just shutting it off. It's saying, oh, Bill, you don't need to be that cold right now. <laughs> off you go. Yeah. And that's happening as we speak. So those of you that have those smart switches on your AC units, which, by the way, XL Energy highly, highly, highly promotes that you have, that's so they can control the amount of energy going into your home. Right, Bill? Yes. 
Uh, you know, I've never we really never really talked about that on this program <laughs> or even my daily program before. But yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, they, they, that, those they call them a smart switch, and they they paint it all up and color it all up to where it makes it sound you know really really fun and and exciting and all that. And really, what they're doing is just telling you how much power you can and can't use at different times. So, all right, Dan and Monument is up next. Dan, welcome. Yes, I've got a question about uh, electrical panel in a residence. Okay. Uh, what we're going to do is probably build in a detached garage, an additional garage. And they're telling me that the electrical panel is full. It's a 200 amp and it's full. There's no no uh, additional uh, circuits available. Okay. okay. So do you do you replace the entire circuit panel? Uh, so that you've got what you need, or do you do sub-panels, and what are sub-panels? So you have a detached garage, but your main breaker on your house is a 200-amp panel that is it's um, full. It's full. So yep. typically, most houses have 200 amps. Yeah, that's normal. Even right. even the larger ones. I mean, yeah. some people now are going to, they say they want a 400-amp service, but really it's it's only a, a 350 service because there's a limit on that, limitation on that from Excel. So... What they're talking about is the available spaces. So you can buy a 200-amp panel with what we call a 2040, which is 20 full sizes or 40 half sizes. You can of buy breakers. those of breakers, correct. And you can buy those guys all the way up to what's called a 6120. So you can put 60 full size in there and then 120 half sizes in there. Okay. And so, again, just because you have the space doesn't mean you have that availability. It's all based on usage. Your back, usage. To back to what we were talking about with generators, Dan. Correct. Correct. So to answer your question, yes, you can do a sub-panel, or you can change that out to a to a larger panel with larger spaces. It's still going to be 200 amp no matter what you do. And you'd almost have to be there to, to, to figure out what he really needs on right, what breaker right. and stuff or, like or, that. Or, or, or look at your bill, Dan. You'd know what your usage is. Like we just did a moment ago, we did it, we did it off air, but, you know, Bill just looked at my bill from Excel and kind of figured out if I did a generator, how much would it need to be and so on. And you can look at your utility bill and determine some of that as well. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, though, if we take a, an amp meter, which is a clamp meter, yep. which measure, measures the ampacity of the wires, that how much amps is running through it, um, and we go to any house in Denver, and I tell you to go turn on everything in your house, most, most of the time you're pulling maybe 70 amps. It's just not that much. So, so is your problem, Dan, the fact that you just don't have any extra circuits in that panel to go run the detached garage, or do you just want to put a sub-panel in for the detached garage so it's by itself? Yeah, what it amounts to is, is kind of both. In other words, you've got no room left in the main panel gotcha. of the house. And you're going to end up with a detached garage. And you go, how are you going to power that? Are you going to power it from the main panel in the house by expanding it? Or do you create a sub-panel? So, yeah, we do this We do this quite often, especially out where I live in, in Elbert County, because we do a lot of barns and things of that nature. And yep. it's kind of... Uh, one side of the coin or the other side of the coin, right? So you have a, you have quite a bit of work to create that sub-panel because you have to relocate those circuits out of the main panel into the sub-panel to create space right. for mm -hmm. not only the sub-panel, but then also the sub-panel for your, for your garage. Correct. Okay. So it's usually more efficient, uh, more cost-worthy. It might cost you a little bit more, but it's going to be a lot cleaner, and it's going to also open up the availability for even more future stuff if you just change that panel out to a bigger um, panel that has more spaces. 
I see. And then yeah, still put the, the sub panel. Go ahead and still put the sub panel on, on the side the of the garage or the garage or whatever it is. Correct. Yeah. Trend, you know, trench that in, put and your underground wire in, and yeah. so on. And that would, if I was at your house, that would be my recommendation yep. too to change the panel out instead of go through all yep. the the small little yep. hoops to yep. put a second sub panel in for another sub panel. Does that help, Dan? Right. It, Yep. Uh, and Thank real quick, Bill, give your real quick, give your number out so the folks can call you if need be. That's 303-656-3689. And uh, if you call today, you'll have to leave a message because we're only you're here. Monday through Friday. That's right. Yep. Bill in Westminster, you're up, sir. Hey, just a quick comment and question about that. Uh, I had one of those smart switches on this house that I bought, and when I had a new AC put in and furnace, I had them disconnected because I want to control my own bill Correct. and my heating and cooling. Yep. My question real quick is, I heard these new Wi-Fi thermostats, they can do the same thing, where they can go in through the Wi-Fi and shut that down. Do you know if that's true or not? Well, I would imagine you would have to give them um, permission to for do first so. permission. And usually those Wi-Fi passwords usually work, or um, thermostats, excuse me, just like any Wi-Fi appliance within your house has to work through your router. You'd have to get through the network at oh. your house first to even yeah. get to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I know. I I know that answer, Bill. I I, I there's a lot of conspiracy theories on that when it comes to the smart thermostats. They call those, and I'm not buying all the conspiracies that are behind that at this point. I I, I have a couple of of those uh, in my shop, and I I honestly, Bill, I, I don't know how anybody would hack those. To be honest with you, I mean, I'd know if they did. Yeah. Okay. Well, I agree with the point that you know, if I want my house cool, I'm paying the bill. Thank I don't you. want public service telling me exactly. Right. I'm, oh, I'm the same way, Bill. I agree. Yeah. Yep. All well right, said. Thanks. Good show. Well done. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it very much. And uh, yeah, and again, folks, that's another one. I, I could even try to do that one during the week when it comes to the smart thermostats, where I could get a little more research for you guys on that. But but knowing that I've got some of those myself, and and just knowing how that works, I mean, I suppose with every piece of software, there is the potential for folks to write in a backdoor, quote unquote, where someone else could get in and look at things. But you you'd know. I mean, you'd know if your AC shut off. You'd know if your heat was adjusted. Uh, you, that's really and not why would that they want hard. to do that? I, you know, I think they'd be more about getting into your bank account yeah, than they would about I, your. I think well, there's a lot yeah. of other fish to fry versus controlling <laughs> yeah. my temperature of my house. I right. would um, the the thermostats. I wouldn't have too much of an issue with um, my garage door opener. I probably would. I want yes. to push that button. I don't want to turn that on with my phone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Bill from Arc Electric, appreciate it. Give your phone number out one more time. It's 303-656-3689. All right. Appreciate it very much, guys. And find all of our sponsors right on the website. Go to fixitradio.com. Uh, myself and Steve Horvath will be right back here on Drive Radio. Don't go anywhere. Dennis Brewster, thanks as always. Thank Charlie you. and Larry as well. We'll be right back. Drive Radio starts in just a few minutes right here on KLZ 560. Uh-huh. 